Welcome to the Will Evans Show. I'm not only your host, but your biggest cheerleader. This podcast is meant to teach you everything you did not learn in school. So if you're sitting here thinking, I have no idea how to budget, I have no idea where my money is going, or simply need some guidance, then this is the show for you. So let's talk about the myth of having to have a credit card. Credit cards may seem like this magical solution to all of our financial needs, but let's unveil the truth behind this plastic facade. So credit cards work by allowing us to borrow money from credit card companies, and then they pay for our purchases up front. And then we say that we are going to pay them back later, oftentimes with interest. So In doing that, we are sitting with record numbers of credit card debt in the U.S. And so we're at $986 billion of household credit card debt at the time of this recording, probably getting close to a trillion dollars. And the average interest rate is over 20% on credit cards. This is insane. This is a problem And then you have those magical credit card rewards, those glittering promises of cash back, airline miles, or points that make you, the consumer, feel savvy. But let's be real. Where are these credit card points actually coming from? And the truth behind it is you are getting these rewards because of people who mismanage their money, and then they rely on these credit cards as a lifeline. So when people carry a balance, they make late payments, or they incur these hefty interest charges, it becomes a profitable game for the credit card companies. So think about it this way. This is is how I like to think about it, and this is what I tell people when they ask if I have a credit card. And everyone loves to say, well, I get all these points. I get all these airline miles. But here's what I see with credit card rewards is that single mom that is struggling. She's living paycheck to paycheck like most Americans, and she's raising three kids, and she she's again, she's living paycheck to paycheck, so she doesn't have the money, so she's going to float by with her credit card. Most of the time, has multiple credit cards that's maxed out, and then because of all the interest that she's having to pay now that she has racked up because she's a single mom living paycheck to paycheck, you are now on a trip to Hawaii with your airline miles. That's what I see. And again, I'm not bad-mouthing anybody. This is a personal preference for me when someone asks me, why don't you use a credit card? Why do you want to miss out on all these credit card rewards? Well, that's why. So those high interest rates and fees we talked about earlier, they're the very source of revenue that allows credit card companies to offer these rewards as well. So in a way, the rewards are very are a clever marketing tactic to keep us hooked on using credit cards and for paying those interest charges. And let's not forget that credit card rewards often come with strings attached. So think about it. They may have complicated redemption processes, and they often have high annual fees that offset the value of the rewards themselves. I even, I work with a guy, and he has told me countless of times he's never used his credit card rewards because he doesn't know how. 
So he he's racked up all these magical points, but he doesn't even know what to do with them. Doesn't know how to use them, how to redeem them. Is it cash back? Is it airline miles? He doesn't even know because of how hard they will sometimes make it. So while these credit card companies paint a picture of you earning amazing rewards simply by using their credit cards or showing these flashy and fancy commercials, the truth is these rewards often come at a cost. They're designed to entice you, keep you spending, and ultimately benefit the bottom line of big banks and credit card companies. And then nowadays, you have parents telling their 18-year-old high school graduates or college students to get a credit card to build credit and have this magical number called a FICO score. And the almighty FICO score is the key to success. So what is this FICO score? It's a three-digit number that assesses your credit worthiness, making it look like, keyword, look like a critical factor in securing loans, mortgages, or even renting an apartment. But how is this mysterious FICO score created? I'm glad you asked. Let's break it down. The FICO score is calculated using several factors. The biggest factor is your payment history. So this accounts for about 35% of your score, and it includes whether you've paid your bills on time, you have any missed or late payments, and if you've had any accounts sent into collections. So the next is your credit utilization, which is about 30% of your FICO score, and it measures the amount of credit you're using compared to your total available credit. Another factor is the length of your credit history. So roughly 15% of your score is credit history. The longer you've had your accounts, the more it demonstrates your ability to supposedly manage credit responsibly. The types of credit you also have play a role. Accounting, this is about 10% of your score. So having a mix of credit, such as your credit cards, your personal and car loans and mortgages can help your score out as well. And then lastly, 10% of your score is determined by any recent credit applications or inquiries. Applying for multiple credit cards at the same time or credit cards and car loans and personal loans within a short period of time, they may raise concerns about your financial stability. And this sounds all great, but here's what I hear. 100% of your credit score is you playing kissy face with your credit card company or your bank, and it does not, it is not determined by you winning with money. You could come into an inheritance of $5 million tomorrow, and your FICO score would not change a single point. I've heard this phrase um, a, a million times, and I love it. A FICO score is an I love debt score. That's all it is. And so let's break down some myths when it comes to a credit score. Because again, you have these parents saying, hey, high school student or college student, you need to have a credit card to build credit because you have to, to, you have, to have a credit score to buy a house. Wrong. You have to have a credit score to buy a car, wrong. You have to have a credit score to rent an apartment, wrong. We're, we're going to break these down. When someone says you have to have a credit score to buy a house, they, they don't even know what they're talking about. They have been told these lies from these mortgage companies, and it, that's just simply not true. And I'm going to let you all in on a secret that I know people have done, and it is called a no-score loan which involves manual underwriting. 
So it means you can buy a house without a credit score. Yes, it may be a little harder. You may have to go to a specific mortgage broker, but you can do it. That is a myth that you have to have a credit score to buy a house. You have to have a credit score to buy a car. So my car out in the parking lot right now, we've already, we've already discussed it. it's not the best car, but I did not have to have a credit score to walk in there and hand them cash, cold hard cash to buy this car. And we're following the baby steps. We're on a plane. We're not taking out a car loan. We're not going to be like everybody else and just have a car loan. We're going to pay cash for our cars. So that's a myth. You don't have to have a credit score to buy a car. And then this is the one that I love. You have to have a credit score to rent an apartment. That is just straight up BS. That, that is not right. I live in an apartment. I don't have a house yet. My wife and I were saving up for a down payment for a house, and we live in an apartment. We d- they didn't ask us one time about our credit score. Now, I will say there are some apartments that you have to pay a higher uh, security deposit, but you don't have to have a credit score to rent an apartment. That is a myth. And so for me, look, I quit borrowing money, so I do not have a credit score anymore. My credit score is undeterminable. It's not zero. It's undeterminable. I went from a 750 credit score to undeterminable, and it is the best feeling ever. I finally quit acting like a dog chasing its tail by borrowing money to get a better score in order to have more debt to have a better score in order to have more debt in order to have a better FICO score. I mean, it sounds like a broken record. And so it's time for us to break free from the credit card trap and take control of our life. So what are the alternatives, you ask? How can we navigate this world without relying on credit cards? Use your debit card. And when, when I say that, people are like, well, my credit card is safer for when I travel and it's going to protect me more when there's fraud on my card. Let me give you all a quote from Visa's website. They have it labeled as Visa's zero liability policy. And it is, they guarantee that you won't be responsible for unauthorized charges, which is fraud, made with your account or account information. You're protected if your Visa credit or debit card is lost, stolen, or fraudulently used, online or offline. And just for some of you out there, I'm going to link this in the show notes so you can go to the website and see it. Another alternative in embracing the power is embracing the power of budgeting. We've talked about budgeting on this show. Credit cards, you can't just use those as a lifeline. Get on a plan, live within your means, create a budget, track your expenses. You have to be mindful of your financial goals, and then you will gain control over your money and avoid the pitfalls of credit card debt. You are then going to tell your money where to go versus the bank or the credit card company telling you where your money is going to go. This is The Will Evans Show. Hey guys, it's Will. I know this show is all about what you didn't learn in school, but for some of you, you need a little more personalized help, and that's what Evans Financial Coaching is. I specialize in helping people pay off debt 
and build wealth. If this is you, I've put my contact info in the show notes. So please reach out. I'm here to help you. Evans Financial Coaching, creating paths to financial freedom. Welcome back to the Will Evans Show. If you are finding value in this content, and I hope that you are because you're listening and you've made it this far, uh, please subscribe, follow me on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening, share it with your coworkers. I love uh, hearing stories of people saying, hey, I found you from uh, so-and-so. And so leave me a five-star review as well. I love reading those too because I like to see what you are getting out of this show helps me as I'm preparing for this show. And so do that. Subscribe, follow, like, do all the stuff that just kind of helps out that al- algorithm. And so today's scripture is Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. So we're on a plan that obviously is anti-debt. And we, y'all know that I follow the baby steps. And so all of that is anti-debt. I'm going to avoid debt at all costs. And having a credit card, I consider that debt. Whether you pay it off every month or not, I consider that debt. Now, if you do that, that's fine. That doesn't hurt my feelings. Just don't put my name on it because I'm not the one that told you to do that. It's, but when I think of having a credit card in my pocket, I think of having a rattlesnake. And it's just whenever life gets too hard, I'm going to use a credit card instead of figuring out a plan. So that, that is my take on credit cards. And then I think this is going to be the best part of the show, and that's going to be me answering your questions. Because this is what this show is all about. Yes, I wanted to start this podcast and this show to be able to share with you everything that I've learned in my financial journey. And I want to help you out. I want to answer your questions. So that's why at the end of every episode, I talk about, hey, send me a question. I want to answer it. So if you, and there's no such thing as a dumb question. I've, I've heard a lot of questions. So I can assure you it's, it's not going to be anything new for me. But I got this question from Instagram. And it's, my company is offering me a 5% match and they have a Roth 401k or a traditional option. Which is better? So we haven't talked about investing on this show yet. And obviously we're going to get there because that's a huge part of your wealth building plan is investing. But to answer this question, obviously Roth is your Roth 401k is going to be the the best thing you can do. Now, if you're following the baby steps, I'm going to say hold off. I don't have a whole lot of context here on uh, on your situation, but if you have debt, you have student loans, stuff like that, I would knock out all of that before you even do the match, before you even start thinking about investing. But say, hey, I've paid off all my debt. I have my fully funded emergency fund, and I'm ready to start investing. Okay, I'm going to do 15% of my gross income into this Roth 401k, And that's with the match. What I mean by that is you're going to do 15% and the 5%, that's just the cherry on top. You're not, like that's not part of your 15% of your investment. That's just, again, it's the cherry on top. And so the way I look at it is, or match, 
beach froth, beach traditional. Okay, so let's break that down. In my company, I'm going to take all the match, which is five. You have a 5% match. So I'm at least going to put 5% in there. And then I'm going to look at options. And I like good growth stock mutual funds. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. Who has the better options? Does most companies nowadays, your Roth 401k, you could probably put all 15% in there and you would be fine. But say you have a company and you don't really like the, the options that they have, you could do 5% because you want to get that match. It's, it's just, it's free money is all it is. So you get the match and then you can look at other options like a traditional Roth IRA. And you can open that up through a number of websites or if you're using a financial advisor, they can help you do that. I personally have a financial advisor. Uh, As much as I'm around finances, I'm not living and breathing the investment world. I know what I want to do, but my financial advisor has a heart of a teacher. He teaches me, hey, here's why we're going to do this and why I, he teaches me why I'm going to invest into this mutual fund and stuff like that. So, but to answer your question, my company is offering me a 5% match and they have a Roth 401k and a traditional, which is better. Roth is always going to be the better option because Roth, when you turn 59 and a half for retirement, you can pull out of there. If your account says it has $2 million in there, that is $2 million that you do not have to pay taxes on. Versus if you had a traditional, you're going to be paying taxes on that. And again, a lot of this is all situational. But if you're you, if you're younger, there's no doubt Roth is always going to be the winner. So again, if y'all, if y'all have any questions, I, I love doing this. I love breaking down people's questions. I didn't have a whole lot of context with this question. Uh, and so I hope that I hope that I got it across to you. Um, but yeah. I love answering your questions. So if, you, if you're out there and you have a question, uh, you, can, you can DM me on Instagram like this person did at I'm Will Evans, or you can send me an email at ask at evans-fc.com and I'll get to your question as soon as I can. Uh, obviously, it just depends on how many questions I get. May may start taking multiple questions. And if you want to be a part of the show, hey, I would love to have you on the show, talk through. That would give me a lot better context on your questions. I can ask questions back. And so my, my time is almost up, but I want you uh, to remember that credit cards, they, again, they're just like a rattlesnake in your back pocket. And there's so many myths out there with credit cards that you do not need one. You don't have to have a FICO score to to be successful in life. And again, this this show is only run with Ben Foster because he's the one that makes it sound great. And so this is the Will Evans Show.